up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Trust Your Board Podcast. My name is Stephen Wright, joined as always by Mr. William Monroe. Will, how you doing? Steve, very, very good over here. It's a solid weekend of football for me. Uh, my Penn State Nittany Lions moved to 2-0 and and up to number 10 in the rankings. The Eagles got a surprising week one win, I guess, to some down in Atlanta. And... It's, it might be one of my best week ones ever. I've got more teams than I'd like here, but barring a 20-and-a-half-point um, output from Mark Andrews in our work league, I'm going to be looking to go 6-1 and one in week one. Yeah, that is, uh, that's pretty good. You can't, uh, yeah. can't complain about that. No, no. I was uh, actually at the shore with my uh, my parents, my sister and her fiancé, and he's also into fantasy, so... Basically, my dad and my future brother-in-law were all sitting there watching. We had the Red Zone screen up. We had a second game. We had the Eagles on the big screen. And we're basically just talking fantasy the whole time. And then, oh, check out this. And look at this happening. And uh, at the end, while I, you know, didn't, it's weird not, like, feeling kind of stressed throughout because, you know, it it just worked out in my favor. Uh, My sister's fiance lost because of Matt Stafford's final touchdown in the drive last night they were doing four point um touchdowns for quarterback so he was up by like 27 or 28 with that league that's you know pretty high for you know a guy of Matt Stafford's caliber at least going into it so he's pretty confident and I just was watching him kind of fall apart throughout the game one by one it's like all right you know I'm still on pace you know I can afford like seven points a quarter eight points a quarter and Slowly and slowly, it just got worse and worse until it literally came down to if they didn't score that last touchdown, he, you know, probably would have had a chance. He probably would have won. Wow. Yeah. Shame. Well, that's that's how it goes. Victory, uh, the the joy of victory and the misery of defeat. Yes, that's the truth, man. That is the truth. Mm. Uh, Well, part of uh, a victory moving forward is waivers, right, Will? Yeah. Moving on to week two here. I think we have one game left as we record this year Monday night we're coming up on the uh Ravens and Raiders game so probably won't touch on too many people in that game here in our waiver show we'll see if anybody breaks out there um but we have some waivers to touch on for the other 15 games that occurred yeah absolutely and i guess um we could start with who i think's probably the biggest one or at least the most interesting and that's going to be uh, uh running back mitchell out of san francisco uh what was he i think a sixth round draft pick and uh put up 100 yards yeah, after most of rookie out. this year yeah yeah sermon was I think out. we were looking at him in a couple rookie drafts yeah so he's definitely out there he's about nine percent owned um everyone was drafting sermon and leaving him for dead uh and that's yeah. not how things turned out so uh what do you like a are you interested in him and b you know what percentage of fab are you thinking I think you have to be interested because it sounds like most are, I think last I saw was what, six weeks? Six to eight? Uh, yeah, I think uh, close to eight, but yeah, six to eight-ish. It's a knee, and I didn't hear the specifics of it, but it sounds like it's not torn season-ending. Torn cartridge, but cartilage, not, I think? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, something with the cartilage, which I think was, you know, uh, not odd, but just something you don't see as often as, you know, a ligament or, you know, a bone or something or muscle. But... Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think Mostert is one of the most hyped players and also one of the most hurt players, unfortunately. He, you know, when he's on the field, he proves that he is incredible, but proves that he can't always stay on the field. 
And in an offense like San Francisco, somebody's going to carry the ball. And, and from what we've seen, track record is they're going to run the ball well no matter who it is. So you want to get that next man out mentality. So I think you definitely want the Niners running backs. Uh, and I think if you had to put money, you know, one way or the other, you know, Mitchell's probably the guy, but you got to think they're going to activate Trey Sermon, right? You're probably going to get HD involved. And don't they have a veteran maybe on the practice squad or that was inactive? Uh, I think you're thinking of Gallman and they let him go. Um, okay. And then the one guy got hurt, went down for the year. Is that Wilson? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Somebody is down for the year. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I guess there's a chance they bring somebody in. Could that be an opportunity for a girly, maybe? <laughs> That'd be um, interesting. You, know, <laughs> you have two rookies, and then Hasty is a second-year guy. You know, Hasty and, and, and Mitchell are both late, right? So I think they're fifth. Or late. Hasty might have been an undrafted free agent. Mitchell's, what, a fifth-round pick. Sermon's, what, second. So definitely has some capital. But you probably want to get some another back in there. So I think as much as, you know, uh, I'm trying to you know, limit kind of the, the hype for him, but it's going to be there. He's probably going to, you know, it's going to be, I'd imagine him and Sermon as the two guys, unless they bring someone in. I just don't know how much I want to spend. Uh, I'm torn. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, it this feels is, like your favorite team. you're going to have to spend 30 to 40%, I think, to get him. And yeah. then you run the risk of, you know, Sermon, you know, he was the higher draft pick. Maybe he just takes a job yep. and then you're out. Yep. But I feel like that's a good. So you're going to have to roll the dice. You know, a lot of people are going to be bidding on him, you know, whether you want to pay up to, to, you know, have that upside, you know, just know the risk involved because, you know, it's San Francisco. It could be anybody on any given week. And I think at the very least, he's going to be in a 50-50 split with Sermon, even if they sign a girly this week, let's say for this coming week. But I mean, there's there's definitely a chance that it's what I think. At least this week, it's gonna be it's gonna be him because clearly he's ahead of Sermon. That's why Sermon was inactive and he was active for game one. So yeah, look at it like that. But the Eagles played well against Atlanta. I mean, obviously San Francisco is a different team, but you know, much better overall team. But they definitely uh, Atlanta ran the ball well on them. So even though the Eagles were able to stiffen in the second half, I was watching that game. That first couple drives, it, it was almost all on the ground with Mike Davis and Pat and uh, Cordell Patterson, some not, not household names. So, not a great matchup, but not a horrible matchup in week week two here for against Philly. So, definitely someone I'd be I want to pick up. But I just don't know that I'm going to be willing to spend what it's going to take to get him. Yeah. So on that note, um, you mentioned Cordell Patterson. Uh, I had a good week. Are you uh, interested in him at all? Yeah, I think he's someone I'd put a bit in. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to put more than ten, maybe, and that maybe that's a little much. But it seems like he's going to be the guy that is the the second fiddle there for sure. It doesn't seem like they have anybody else. Uh, I think both of them play well. Both of them carried the ball very well, uh, and, and I think they had pretty even splits. Pull it up here. So if we're looking at the Atlanta running game, um, you know, he had half the carries, seven carries, but for 50, about 54 yards, whereas Mike Davis had 15 carries for 49 yards, so not as efficient, but definitely got the bulk. Uh, Patterson, two catches for 13 yards. Mike Davis, three for 23. So seems like he got a, a, I wouldn't say a 1A, 1B, probably a 1 and a 1 and a 2. 
Patterson seems to be really efficient with it. You know, nine total touches. You're looking at 67 yards. So overall, you know, averaging somewhere around seven yards a touch. If you can get in the end zone, great. But you're going to get a couple catches. Um, Atlanta this week has Tampa. So you're thinking probably even more of a negative game script. And and they may not be able to run the ball like they did against the Eagles, against the Tampa team. So he could be in line for a lot of receiving work as well with the negative game script. What are you thinking about Patterson? I don't trust him. It's just, no. yeah, I mean, it could work out, but, you know, that line offense did not look good. And, you know, we've seen, and it's not like Patterson's, you know, Eli Mitchell. He's new and exciting. Like, we've seen him yeah. all over the place. Like, you know, he pops every once in a while. So I just, you know, he's a running back, so you got to take a shot on him. I'm just not interested. Yeah. Uh, is, is running back in quotes there? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, definitely it is. It's just a, a Swiss Army knife kind of guy. But, um, yeah. yeah, I just, I'm you, not interested. What do you think? Um, bid wise, like me, if you were going, me personally, going I would probably put maybe ten percent. But I'd imagine he's going to go for a little bit more than that, probably fifteen ish. I mean, it depends on you know a running back needy team might take a shot depending on how they you know deal with their fab. Yeah, um, I'd much rather right. take a shot on the next guy. Um, yeah, and in general, I think maybe the. It's crazy it's going to sound the most popular overall team we're going to talk about here today. Yeah, yeah, and I guess we can lump them both in. So we have Mark Ingram here and then uh, David Johnson both. Um, I uh, I got lucky in our work league and picked up Ingram. Someone dropped him, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And mm-hmm. I clicked a little note, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's expected to be the lead back. I was like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> um, there you go. So, yeah, that, that's pretty good. I mean, he wasn't super efficient. I, I think he was like three yards a carry, 3.3 or something. Not great, but um, – yeah. Far and away the most. Uh, most Agreed. Players, and, though. you know, he's a, a starting running back, and that's valuable. So I'd definitely take my shot there. You know, Duke Johnson, not interested. He fell in the end zone. David Johnson? Yeah, David Johnson, my bad. Um, <laughs> he got into the end zone, but, no. you know, that Jacksonville team was just Only terrible. three carries, yeah. three receptions, no so there. he lucked out. Yeah, he had 28 total yards, so without the touchdown, it's not looking great. But, I mean, Lindsey didn't look great either. He got in the end zone. All three of them actually got in the end zone, which is funny. All, all three of the running backs. So they all had a valuable week one. Um, but this was against a first-year head coach and first-year quarterback in Jacksonville. So, I mean, they, they could just be in for some growing pains. And, you know, everyone kind of figured they would roll over Houston because of the narrative with Houston. But, you know, as much as we don't love the overall Houston team, they have a lot of veterans on the team. Three veteran running backs. Tyrod Taylor is a veteran quarterback. A couple of receivers with Cooks and, and Amendola, someone we'll talk about in a bit. So it's a lot of veterans on the team, and they're, they know how to go out and win a game, whereas Jacksonville didn't. Yeah, and, you know, they, again, a good lead-in. Speaking of uh, Jacksonville, Carlos Hyde had a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Robinson, not so much. Are you interested in Hyde at all? I mean, I guess I'll throw some on him, but I, I don't. I'm, I, I imagine this is still Robinson's team, and he's going to be the guy um, to own there. So I think he only had five carries, which is a little concerning. It's like three receptions on six targets. So you know, he had he had the work and the, the look. I think it was just the game script wasn't there, and, and I'm not sure why Hyde had you know the more carries uh, and, and you know in total nine carries and, and two targets so right around the same usage um but 
I'd probably let someone else spend some money on him. And if I'm the Robinson owner, definitely concerned, but I don't know that I'm, you know, full on panic mode yet. I'd want to see it at least one more. Okay. And our last one here, uh, ha. I, I'm taking a victory, a week one victory lap on uh, Mr. Gainwell here. Um, yeah. Got in the end zone. Would have gotten the end zone twice. I believe one got called back on a holding or, you know, something going on. Um, but had a uh, had a pretty good game. He's got San Francisco, so potentially a tough matchup. I don't I don't know how you want to rate that. Detroit kind of beat up on San Fran. But uh, Gainwell, you interested in him? Yeah, I think you have to be. I was surprised that he stepped in and, and was the guy because we saw last year and on training camp, Boston Scott seemed like he was the two there, but I don't even think he got in the field, which is crazy. Um, so I think you got to throw some money up for, for Kenny Gainwell and, and see and he seems like he's going to be more of the receiving back. I know Sanders was work involved a little bit, but he's proven that he hasn't been consistent in the passing game. So I think Sanders, uh, Gainwell is definitely someone that you can, you know, throw on the back of your bench and see if he can step into a role there. Yeah. Moving on to uh, the, the wide receivers here, Will. Um, Tim Patrick, uh, I guess you can lump probably Tim Patrick and, and Zach Pascal together. They're, they're very similar. Yeah, they seem like a similar person. Yeah, exactly. Always, you know, the forgotten guy and then they have fantasy value because someone gets hurt in front of them or something. Um, yeah. So, uh, are you interested in one but not the other on both of them? What would you be willing to bid? I think I'd be interested in both. Definitely more Tim Patrick with the injury to Jerry Judy, which sounds like it's going to be six to eight weeks, I think I heard. Um, so it's really just Sutton and Fant ahead of him there. I know they use the second tight end, Albert O. You know, Ham- KJ Hamler will be involved with deep shots, but Tim Patrick should step into kind of that intermediate route uh, that Judy was working with there. So I would be much more inclined with Tim Patrick than Pittman, or sorry, than, um, than Pascal, who I think was, you know, behind the running backs uh, on, on the target count in Indy. But, you know, he was right there with all the other receivers. So I think it's a big hodgepodge, and, and he ended up getting two touchdowns. But other than that, I don't think you're going to bank on Pascal a ton. But I would definitely, you know, throw, you know, make some bids on Tim Patrick. I think he's someone you'll be able to use, you know, at least for a few weeks here, maybe half a season. Yeah, I agree. I am. Um, Tim Patrick, I think has been more consistent. Pascal's had a lot of opportunity where he's been the guy and he's popped off, but he's also had yeah. a lot of bad games. Um, Patrick. Yeah. I'd be willing to drop yeah. if I need a wide receiver. I don't even know. 15%. I mean, I, I have a fair yeah. amount of trust in him. Yeah. It's one of those, you know, you, you, you want to get a guy that you think you can use, you can play, and then you can play for a while and, and you're going to have, usage out of him for weeks to come here because of the opportunity it opened up with the unfortunate injury to Jerry Judy. Um, so, you know, going from that to, you know, kind of pick your poison here with the potential number two in Arizona, Christian Kirk and Rondale Moore both have good games. Um, AJ Green is used, but not even to the usage of these two guys. So are you all in on, you know, naming one of them as the second receiving target without really a tight end uh, in Arizona? Uh, so all in on naming the second receiving target, yes. I, I I could firmly say that Kirk's the second receiving target. Whether I'm all in for fantasy or not is another question. Um, Randall Moore mm. I'm not interested in. You know, just uh, I play conservative with rookies. You know, he's allowed to have one game and it might just do absolutely nothing. Um, Christian Kirk, 
I've always liked him. But, you know, you have these games from him throughout his career where he has a really big game and then he's gone. And then he has a really big game and then he's gone. And, you know, sometimes he has stretches and he disappears for a while, you know, and it's it's hard to just say, well, it's week one and, and he's leveled up and this is going to be him because it just might be one of the pop-off weeks. So, yeah. you know, I would rather have – oh, man, that sounds gross to say. I'd rather have Patrick there, doesn't it? Um, but I, I think I would rather have Patrick yes. than Kirk. I just – I don't know. I don't want to roll the dice on him, but he's a great ad. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I think, out of this list, Tim Patrick, number one. There may be a, a guy we'll talk about in a bit that I'm interested in, but you probably can get cheaper. Um, Tim Patrick's definitely number one. I, I think I'm closer on Kirk and more than you are. I pr- probably lean Kirk just because of the veteranness. I don't know. I just feel like we've seen it so many years where he'll have this one game and then, you know, be looked over by some other guys. And then I, I love the talent of Rondell Moore. I think he fits in that offense with a bunch of big receivers uh, as kind of the off-speed guy. Um, like you have AJ Green, you have DeAndre Hopkins there. I, I, you know, obviously, I don't think you're starting either one of them, so I wouldn't mind, you know, throwing in bits for both. And I think you probably have a better shot at getting Rondale Moore at a more affordable rate and just seeing what you get in him. I know I put him on a bench um, going into this week just to see. So happy to see him do well and, and want to see if he can put it together for a few weeks. But I'd be really okay with either one of them. Uh, so we're running a, a little low on time. You just said you were interested in somebody else. Who was that someone else? Yeah, uh, the one I think is interesting is Danny Medola in Houston. He came out and had a very good week, surprisingly. And I know you know we were all thinking it's Brandon Cooks or Bust there because the running back are very you know meh. Um, but Brandon Cooks was was the number one by far with seven targets. Um, and there's two other guys that were clearing away the next two targets. Danny Amadola's one. He had five five catches for 34 yards, so you know nothing super flashy. He got in the end zone, but five targets. I imagine you know if the game ship starts working against them, which we're going to expect for a lot of games coming up here against Cleveland in Cleveland. Danny Amendola seems like he is going to be. The number two wide receiver. Um, they have Farrell Brown, who was a tight end that played well. We'll talk about probably in a minute. But running backs will be used. Receiver wise, if we're looking at these negative game scripts, Daniel Dole is a sneaky guy. I mean, I wouldn't mind throwing a couple bucks. You know, if you really want to get him, maybe you can throw four or five dollars up, and he could be a good, you know, depth piece or bye week filler um, in what we're going to imagine is a lot of negative game scripts. Yeah, I agree with you on the price, um, and you know. Damn it, you know, Amendola has been useful before. It's just all a matter, all a matter yeah. of when the injury is going to come with him, unfortunately. Um, so unfortunately. we'll see. Hopefully, he can stay healthy or something. Hit points. Yeah, exactly. He's got hit points. Yeah. Um, and I'll just throw out Jalen Rager looked good, maybe on your waivers. May have been on the back of a lot of people's rosters, but he caught six of six targets. Drops were an issue last year for him, and he got in the end zone. So if the Eagles offense continues to play well, he could see some targets. So could be someone to see if he's still out there yeah he did and and from a you know looking past redraft and looking at dynasty i think um shorts over in cleveland uh that's yeah. pretty good showing he's worth an ad and you know in a dynasty league for sure i think yeah yeah it makes us makes our dynasty people's jones 
uh, roster and <laughs> yeah. not feel great. Uh, but. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Luckily, that was just a, a fourth round pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so we'll, we'll look over to tight ends. Just a couple of guys here. I'll just kind of run down the list of guys that I found. Jared Cook, 26% owned, going up against Dallas for the Chargers. Um, Farrell Brown, 0% owned. There's a couple guys that's interesting were literally listed as 0. I thought it would say 1. Um, Farrell Brown, tight end for Houston, going to be going up against Cleveland. And then both of the Dallas tight ends, Dalton Schultz and Buck Jarwin, 1 and 15% respectively, going up against the Chargers. Uh, any interest in any of those tight ends if you were, you know, banking on someone that didn't pan out for um, you? Not really Jarwin and Schultz. You know, that seems to be a, a timeshare mm-hmm. that's just not going to help either guy. Um, Does the, the Gallup injury help at all? Maybe, but no, I still, I don't know. I don't want to roll the dice because I don't know who it's going to be. You know, Jarwin seems like the better talent, but Schultz got, you know, more, I think more targets. So I don't, eh, not, I'm going to pass on those two. Um, Brown's interesting, mm. but I really, I, I don't want to take a shot on the Houston tight end when Jared Cook's here and he had a pretty good week um, without yeah, a touchdown, yeah, I, I believe. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe if you're putting in some claims, you, you Cook is the guy you want. Um, I'm not sure if he scored or not. I know, I know he had some, I think he was like second or third in targets. He was right there with Mike Williams. Um, but Farrell Brown, I think you could throw in zero, maybe one or two dollar claim and have him as your backup. So if someone scoops Cook, I would not mind throwing him on, you know, back of a roster. If you really, you know, need to just throw someone in there, I think you could get some targets like we saw there. Uh, but at the very worst, you can hope for a touchdown. So, not a bad claim, but you know, tight end position, there really hasn't been anything major outside of Jared Cook that surfaced for us. Yep. And taking a look at uh move over the quarterbacks here, whether uh let's look at the list. Well, how about you uh give us one long term guy you like and one uh streamer for the week that you, you like. You think that's fair? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean I I wanted to say Kirk Cousins, but that Arizona front seven looked good and Kirk did not look very good. Um Ben Roethlisberger is someone I think that's interesting. He didn't have a great game against Buffalo. He's probably available or maybe come available by people cutting him in your league. Going up against Vegas, which I don't, we don't know yet. The game's just kicking off here. I don't expect them to have a particularly great defense, but it'll be the home opener for Pittsburgh. So he's someone I think could be interesting. Uh, anybody there stick out to you that you'd be, be interested in maybe throwing a stream on? Um, from a streaming standpoint, yeah, I like Big Ben. Uh, Jameis Winston has Carolina. You know, that's solid. Uh, Bridgewater's got Jacksonville. So I'd be good with streaming all of them. You know, if I want upside, I'll go Winston. If I want to be safe, I'll go with Bridgewater. Um, from like a long-term perspective, I think I'd go with Winston. I find it hard to believe yeah, that they're going to hold him back as much as they did. Uh, you know, Winston can chuck the ball around, but maybe they're just trying to protect from the, you know, the interceptions. Sometimes coaches do that and I would get it. I don't understand. I just would find it hard to believe. So I think I like Winston in all situations. All right. So we'll move over here to Ooh, some and you know defensive what, streamers. Real quick, just to, to interrupt on the Winston piece. Um, who was the wide receiver that did all the damage with the Saints? Wasn't there somebody that was not named Callaway? I think there was like five different guys or they he had five passing touchdowns i think he spread them out pretty well i remember now i know Jawan johnson scored yeah he did troutman actually had the most targets uh, he only had three catches but he led the the way with six targets in total i wonder who I'm th- i might be thinking of uh deontay harris maybe i know 
I mean, Juwan Johnson had two touchdowns, three three catches for 21 yards. Deion Harris had two catches for 72 and a touchdown, so he had a 55-yarder. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking play. of, that bomb, like, yeah. Yeah, Kamara only had three for eight, but he had four targets. But Troutman, three for 18, six targets. He had the most targets. Really spread around, so I don't know that you can really say yeah. who is the, who's the one yeah, there. That's fair. Uh, and uh, before I cut you off there, I believe you're going into uh, defensive streamers. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So a couple of guys that are guys, teams that are interesting here. You got the Giants at Washington, Cardinals at Minnesota, and Saints at Carolina. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not going to roll with the Giants. I mean, against Washington, it's an interesting matchup. But it's with, tough, right? With the new quarterback. Yeah, I just but it's, in, you know, it's a way with the Saints shutting down. Green Bay and then going to Carolina yeah. and then the Cardinals with all those sacks and then going against Minnesota that, you know, wasn't the best against yeah, the Bengals. Like a turnstile. Yeah, it's hard to pass them up. And, you know, sometimes you got to look past streamers. The Cardinals might just be a good defense to have the rest of the year. It's so might the Saints. And you, I find it hard to believe you could say that about the Giants. Um, you know, the downside is the Cardinals have to play the NFC West. <laughs> so they got mm. a, a lot of terrible matchups coming their way. Um, so I think for this week, I, I would take the saints. If I'm looking for maybe a long-term gamble that also works this week, I would go with the saints. I think, uh, sorry, I go with the Cardinals for this week. Saints is a more of a long-term, uh, play. What do you think? Yeah. That? Yeah. Probably put it, you know, this week, probably. Yeah. Tight between Cardinals and saints. Cause Carolina looked good from a McCaffrey standpoint, but I didn't really love what I saw outside of CMC, which CMC can do it by himself. Uh, but Minnesota can too. They got a lot of skill players as well. So both of them, I think, are solid options, but not great. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind taking a, a chance on um, the Giants here. They're playing Thursday night. So you have a short week, brand new quarterback. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind, you know, rolling the dice if you have a really bad matchup elsewhere. You just, you know, are streaming defenses. I don't think, I think you can do worse with. Uh, Giants on the road against a new quarterback short week. Yeah, that is fair. And that is, uh, it's going to wrap up our first waiver show of the year there. Will. All right. Uh, well, good luck everyone. The waivers, this should be coming out here Tuesday morning. Um, we'll be back to talk to you guys on Wednesday or Thursday or we'll start sit, right? Yeah. Should the episode should be coming out Thursday. What day we recorded? I still don't know, but, uh, the episode itself will come out <laughs> on Thursday. So until then folks, perfect. Trust your board.